on the computer. Okay, hello and welcome to season two, episode number seven of Marketing Nuggets with Gabriela Ferenzi. That is my name. And I'm a German and Hungarian language teacher, language coach. I live in London in the UK and I run a boutique language training company here. It's called Prolingua Global. And I specialize in working with corporate leaders in the financial services industry. And in January 2021, I started a passion project that I call Thrive Online. And it's a place where I share the nitty gritty of practical modern online marketing with fellow language professionals. And this show is also part of that. Now, in this marketing nugget, I'm talking to Connor Kane, and I met Connor at one of our networking events that we organized for, uh, for language professionals. And when he introduced himself, he explained that he's a language enthusiast and that he's about to launch his very own language education business. But then also he shared that he actually comes from a marketing background. And as you can imagine, I instantly got very curious. So we met, we had a great chat and I decided immediately to invite him on the podcast because I'm very curious to learn about how he is going to put his marketing skills to use when it comes to attracting clients to his very own language venture now. So as he says, he's a lifelong language learner and I understand that he's working on his German at the moment. So hello, Connor, vielen Dank for accepting my invitation to be interviewed on the Marketing Nuggets podcast. Hello, Gabriela. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. So I think it would be nice to start perhaps with, uh, with, you, with your story. I mean, languages, marketing, how, how come you are about now to launch your very own language business, but you actually come from a marketing background? Yeah, exactly. I, so I, several years ago, started a marketing and web design business. And at the same time, my brother had a web design business as well. And we decided to join forces. And so for the last three or four years, We've been working together, running um, running marketing campaigns for for different kinds of businesses, primarily focused on one particular niche, which was the audiovisual uh, integration business. So these are like companies that build security systems for your buildings and things like that. And then um, over time, uh, kind of in the last year, we've decided to slowly uh, ramp down our marketing business and try to make time for the things that we really are excited about uh, outside of marketing. And for me, that it was the decision was pretty clear that it needed to be related to languages because that's been something that I've been interested in since I was uh, probably 10 or 12. And uh, kind of just some, I've always dabbled in languages and learned them on my own. And I love learning about them and everything related to languages. So um, I wanted to try to build a business around that in some way. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm still figuring out exactly what I'm doing. Kind of, I think in general, that's sort of the journey of, of building a business. You are slowly figuring things out as you go. Um, but I, I decided to um, go this direction in terms of uh, language education and language coaching because uh, I had a friend recently who his uh, family-in-law, his, his wife and her family are Peruvian, he's American, that doesn't speak any Spanish and he doesn't want to be the only one in the family who doesn't speak any Spanish, but he didn't really know how to get started learning. You know, when you, when you go to get started with a language, it can be super overwhelming, the amount of resources that are out there. And there's kind of a lot of 
conflicting information that can be confusing to people. And so what I did with him was I talked to him about his goals and the reasons that he wanted to learn and the things that he that he likes learning, the ways that he learns well. And I uh, wrote up a little document for him, basically just recommending, you know, here's what I think you should do for the next for the first three months to cut through all the noise. So you don't have to go Google all this stuff. This is these are things that I look at all the time because I love doing it. And uh, so I just gave him a series of recommendations and he found it super helpful. Uh, and it, he's a good friend of mine. So just did it for free as a as a favor. And I really enjoyed doing it. And it kind of made me think like, well, hey, maybe there's other people out there who this kind of thing would be helpful for. And that's that's where the idea came from. And uh, since then, I've, I've uh, kind of been working on the idea itself. And, you know, I have a lot of other ideas related to languages themselves that I want to get out there and share with people. And so that's that's what inspired me to get it started. Wonderful. And then can I ask what, ask what are the first steps you are actually taking to, to, to build a business out of it in terms of, of course, marketing, like all the different platforms that you are planning to launch or what is perhaps already there existing? How are you, how are you planning to attract clients, basically? So I am still figuring things out, of course, but I am trying to think about it in terms of phases with, which, with launching the business. So kind of a shorter term, medium term, and a longer term kind of goals. And in the shorter term, uh, it's really pretty simple. It's, it's friends and family, uh, people in my immediate network, people that I know, people uh, that, are, that I know that could maybe connect me with people who this could be useful for. Um, connections that I have on LinkedIn, who I know work internationally. Um, and then of course, building relationships with people who are already in the industry. So it, it's really simple, nothing too crazy. Uh, at the start, uh, marketing wise, it's I'm trying to just build relationships with people uh, and kind of re, uh, rebuild relationships or find, find connections with people who I, who I already know and go from there. And then in the medium term, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm planning to do some guest posting um, on um, different uh, blogs or online magazines or, you know, channels that my potential clients might be uh, watching or reading or listening to and to just get my voice out in front of somebody else's audience to kind of borrow their audience and get me in front of them. And then uh, I may end up testing ads if I have a short um or kind of like an entry-level product or a free download that I'd like people to, to download to get people to join my email list. And then in the longer term, and also now, but it is a longer project, it's optimizing everything on my website for Google search results so that um, I can show up for the terms that I wanna show up for. And as I'm sure you know, it takes a long time to do that. And I, I, so I don't expect results from showing up in the first pages of Google anytime soon but it's something that's important to me. And so that's, that's kind of a priority over, uh, over time, but I'm not expecting it to bring me any business in the, in the short, short term. And so there'll be kind of that element. And then of course, building my email list and in the long run, possibly a podcast of my own or YouTube channel or something along those lines, but I'm trying to keep it simple and not do too many things at once. Cause I, I definitely believe it's important for anybody who's trying to market their business to, find kind of one thing that works for you and stick with it for a while. I don't think that you have to do everything. That can be something that is makes it pretty overwhelming and honestly isn't a great use of, of anybody's time because yeah, yeah, you have better things to do than 
then spend all of your time marketing. Of course, you got to spend time that's actually making money for yourself. And so my plan is to once I, you know, say I uh, say I write a guest post for somebody and or say I write five uh, and they're out there and for each one, I get one or two leads. I'm going to focus most of my effort on that and and kind of forget the, put the other stuff to the side for the time being and just focus on that because I know that that's what's bringing me leads uh, for now, at least. And so if I can if I can focus on the things that are bringing me leads, then I think that is uh, the best way to focus my marketing efforts. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think these are very, very wise words coming from a, from a professional, really, who has got some, uh, some seasoned background there. What would you say? Like, let's talk a little bit perhaps about website, because I understand you already have your, uh, your website. It's, uh, it's up and running. And I'm curious what you think about this. Um, I understand that some marketing folks say that these days, a uh, website is not necessarily essential. To, uh, to, to find clients for your language business. And someone just approached me the other day, or uh, I think it was a LinkedIn message or something, uh, someone reflecting on this podcast channel as well, uh, where they said that they were advised that, uh, that it's perfectly okay if they have a very professional presence on social, but it, they don't need to be bothered about, uh, about launching a website, which can be quite complex, I understand. But um, I wonder what you think about priorities here, website, social. Is it okay these days to not have a website yet to find clients online? I think it depends on your clients and your goals, the people that you want to be working with. Um, but it, I would say in nine out of 10 cases, having a website is going to be beneficial for you. And it's also going to make your life easier once you have it. If, it. if it is something that is communicating what you want it to communicate, then it's going to make your life easier and it's going to help you um, differentiate yourself. It's going to help lend legitimacy to what you do. Because when somebody goes to your social media profile, say they find you on Instagram or YouTube and they want to learn more because they want to work with you one-on-one, you know, they, they want to, they need to kind of have somewhere else to go to, to learn a little bit about a little bit more about you and schedule a call with you if, if you're doing that kind of work. And if you don't have, if all, if all you have is a YouTube channel and, you know, a, a link to book a call on a Calendly page, it's, I don't know, I, I think it can work, but I don't think it's a long-term solution. And I think if you are taking your business seriously, it's important to have some kind of website, but uh, I don't think that a website needs to be necessarily complicated or expensive for you to do. I, I think that you can uh, not necessarily easily, but with some education, uh, but there's a lot of free education out there. You can, um, you can build a website that has a really clear message that's going to get convey you what you want it to convey and connect with the right people, which is ultimately what matters to connect with the right people, not with everybody. Indeed, indeed. What, what I usually say in, in addition to what you, uh, what you just said is, um, is that it's a trust factor or uh, you used a different word. You didn't say trust, you said- uh, well, Legitimacy, I legitimacy. think. Legitimacy, I loved that word. And I feel that, uh, you know, that, that someone who, who finds you potentially on social, they, they perhaps want to have a look before they decide to invest uh, mm -hmm, with you or exactly. leave even larger sums of money uh, with you. I think it's this uh, credibility factor, the um, legitimacy. Say, say again, what was the word? 
legitimacy legitimacy that yeah. uh, and that's where where uh, where a website can come really really handy and uh, and help exactly and i know that a lot of people struggle to um, differentiate themselves or charge the prices that they want to charge and i think that it's it's difficult to charge higher prices for your services if all if all that you have is an instagram page for example and you're trying to work with people say you want to work with businesses and all you have is an instagram page and they can't you know show what you do to the person you know the higher up in their company who's going to pay for for you uh, it's going to be difficult to um, convey the full value of what you do with the limitations of a social media profile i, I do think that they're really helpful they can be great for exposure uh, for building some authority, getting your name out there, building trust with people, putting a, a face to your name, giving some personality to what you do. Um, but again, I think that people need somewhere else to go uh, beyond that. And, and also being on social media, at least in my own experience, uh, can suck up a lot of time. And so that's why I choose not to spend a lot of time there. Let's talk a little bit about DIY versus outsourcing. I understand that a lot of language professionals who don't yet have a website, but they feel that, yes, I should, I must. I think sometimes what blocks us uh, from, from doing it or to take a step to, uh, to make it work and to make it happen is the, uh, is the kind of overwhelm, uh, is this not knowing where to go or where exactly to start. Um, what are your... Uh, thoughts about DIY versus outsourcing our website? I think that, it, so it depends on, on your business and how much money you have and how much time you have, you know, whether or not it's worth to, if it's worth outsourcing versus doing it on your own. Uh, I think that maybe when you have more money than time or when you could be, uh, the time that you would be spending learning about marketing and creating a website for yourself if that time could be spent uh, earning money for your business, um, that might be time better spent. But if you are earlier on in your business, like I am, I think it makes more sense to do it on your own um, rather than investing what can be thousands of dollars or more in professional marketing help for your website. Uh, and I think, like I mentioned a minute ago, there are tons of great free or cheap resources that can get you I would say 80 or 90% of the way there and, and often do a better job in terms of conveying a clear message to people uh, than some that then you would get if you were to pay somebody who, for example, did a great design, but didn't have um, the background in copywriting to, to give you the message that you, that you're trying to convey to your clients. So if you're going to do it on your own, my first recommendation would be to write the content first and then build your design around that. So create the, the words that you wanna say, because ultimately that is what, it doesn't matter if you have the coolest or the prettiest design out there, if your the words that you're conveying on the website are not uh, persuasive or connecting with the right people, that it doesn't matter how, how great it looks. So I would say focus on the content first. Um, you can, there are some really good resources, uh, if you read uh, the book Marketing Made Simple by Donald Miller is a great one. Um, this guy, Wes McDowell on YouTube, he has a lot of great information. Uh, watch some of their stuff, read their books, read their free content, uh, and you'll get a really great introduction to how to market your business clearly and 
create content that's going to be, and when I say content, I'm talking just really about a homepage. Like you can start really simple, uh, write it on a Google doc and then put it on, um, on Squarespace. You know, if I, I have a, a web design background, so I, I knew how to build it. I built mine on WordPress, but if I didn't know anything, I would start on something easier to use, uh, like Squarespace. And I can just have a really simple white background with the black text, uh, with clear words that are going to convey what I want. And then later you can get a little bit fancier with the design. And then one last thing that I'll, I'll mention related to, um, the layout and the design of your site is the importance of having a, a clear call to action in front and center on your business, you know, on your business's website. A, a lot of people will um, not give people any clear way to actually do business with them or buy from them. And so that's why it's really important. And you'll notice if you go to any, any large businesses website, there's going to be a bright uh, purple button that says buy now. You want to have something equivalent to that on your own website. That's, you know, a different color from the rest of what you have that is really clear and is repeated several times on your website that says schedule a call with me or whatever you want next step to be for your clients or your prospective clients. So interesting, this uh, this call to action bit that I feel that this is the point where often we language professionals get a bit tripped up because uh, a call to action is ultimately when you say, when you articulate what action the person you want to take, right? So this is the point where we are a bit more, well, we want them to do something, right? Rather than just passively consuming our content, whether it's mm -hmm. just, you know, the homepage scrolling down, but that's the point when we are prompting them to take some kind of action. And, uh, and I understand that, you know, sometimes you just don't want to be too pushy. So how can we nail this sort of, yes, they need a call to action. There has to be something uh, as a logical next step that they can take if you are prepared to do that. How can we make this call to action, you know, efficient or effective without being overly pushy, let's say? <laughs> I would say, first of all, to keep in mind that the call to action itself is not for everybody. It's, it's, it's there to plant the seed uh, in the minds of the people who are new to your website that they can, in fact, do business with you if they would like. They can pay you to do something for them. And it's important to let people know that, first of all. And then for the people who are ready to do business with you, you want to make it as easy as possible. So you're kind of doing them a favor by having a big, bright button that is obvious they don't have to go searching for how to find you know it's i'm sure a lot of you you've probably had the experience of going to a website and you want to contact somebody and you can't figure out how and it's it's frustrating and um, it makes you you know if if i were going to be their customer it would make me less likely to become their customer because i would i, I might get frustrated and go do something else and then forget about them so you want to make that really easy and you know ultimately they are on your website it's not pushy I don't think they are on your website. They're there to learn about what you're doing. It's not like you're going to their door and saying, buy now, buy now, buy now. They're on your, they're in your home. They're in your shop. And it's like, you're saying, you know, Hey, can I help you with anything? That's how I would like to, uh, that's how I look at it. I love this. I uh, love this comparison. I think it's really, really helpful. Now, what would you say is the most, well, critical marketing skill uh, that has made a difference in your marketing business? 
I would say um, effective communication to the people that I want to do business with, understanding what their problems are and talking about those problems over and over and over so that they know that I understand those problems and, and talking in a way that helps my prospective clients, you know, imagine a world where those problems don't exist anymore. Love it. So basically clear communication, right? Exactly. Yep. That's absolutely something that I, I is not a skill that I think I had before. And I think it is one that I've learned over the years and it's, it's been really, really helpful. Do you have any other tips about, so we just talked a little bit about copy and, uh, and design and how they work together. Uh, do you have like any other tips that you would want to perhaps point out that we should perhaps pay attention to or things that you often see when you work together with all these, uh, all these businesses? Um, uh, you often see that they get just, they don't get right. What are the mistakes that we mm. are making when it comes to copy and design? I'll start with design. Um, I think that broadly speaking, you want to err on the side of simplicity. I'll give an example that a lot of web design clients of ours several years ago, it was really popular to have sliders on your homepage. So you land on the website and it says, uh, we do lawn care, pest control, uh, you know, pool installation, whatever. And it slides across. And our clients thought that was really cool. And they, everybody was requesting it. But the, the data from kind of marketing researchers shows that, that viewers of websites don't like that. We, when we go to a website that has it, we leave because it, 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 it's a little bit distracting and it's just too much going on. And so there are some things that people want to put on their websites that they think look cool, but don't actually help their business and might in fact be hurting their business. So when in doubt, I would say err on the side of simplicity. And that can be as simple as a white background with black text. Uh, it's fine to go with that because again, the words that you're saying are more important than the design. Design is important, but I would say it, it can come later. Um, if you really wanna, if you, if you don't wanna spend any time on the design, but you want it to look kind of a little bit more designy, you can even um, just change, I would just change the color of the font to be like an off black, you know, like a green tint to the black, for example. Uh, or like an orange on my website, I think I have, an, uh, I have like an off or some kind of an orange. And so uh, there are a couple of websites you can go to. So you don't have to have, like go get a design education. Uh, fontpair.co is a good one for combining fonts. There's one that's called colorsandfonts.com where they give you color palettes. And you can go to both of those websites and find a font that looks good. I would choose just one font for your website, maximum two. But just try to find one font with a lot of different weights. So narrow, medium, semi-bold, bold, extra bold, etc. Uh, use that font, make the variations within it, and that way it will look cohesive because sometimes uh, people will pick fonts that don't actually go well together. And so if you just stick with one, it's guaranteed to, to look cohesive. And same with the color palettes. That can be super confusing. And so I would say for somebody who doesn't have time to go learn about how to combine colors or make their own color palette for their website, just go to one of these generators, which uses they use... Um, basically a program to figure out what, uh, what colors are going to go and match, go well together and just pick one of those that looks good and run with it. And then, you know, six months later, look at your website again and, and give it another look. But um, 
yeah, in and out, when in doubt, keep it simple. One thing I'll mention related to the design of the actual text on your website is you uh, try to keep it narrow. So not so wide across the whole screen. If you, uh, you've probably been to Wikipedia before and noticed that all the text is all the way across the screen and it's kind of hard to read. So that's not what you want on your blog or on your website. Generally, you want to keep paragraph to like under 80 characters uh, wide. And you want to break up your paragraphs so that they're super scannable and easy to read. And you can even put little, you know, key things in bold so that it's really obvious what you want your readers to pay attention to. Then in terms of uh, the copy, one thing that uh, our clients found really helpful and that I've found really helpful is actually interviewing um, my clients and our clients interviewing their clients because uh, and, and recording the interview, then going back, uh, looking at the transcript and taking the words that they say and just using those in your marketing. Um, not, uh, I'm not necessarily talking about a testimonial, although those can be helpful, of course, but more so uh, the language that they use to talk, to describe how you benefited them, how their life is better having now worked with you. The language that they use is more powerful usually than one, what you can come up with because you're talking in a way that uh, is their own language that's going to resonate with them. So you can just ask them simple questions like, um, what was life like before you worked with us? Uh, what problem or problems were you dealing with? Uh, and then, you know, what got you to, what was like kind of the breaking point? What got you to want to reach out to us for help? And then now, now that we've worked together, what's, what's different? How have you benefited? How is your life uh, better now? What looks different on a day-to-day -day basis? What problems do you uh, no longer have to deal with thanks to us? And then take whatever their response is, and you're going to find tons of little gold nuggets inside of what they're saying, and you're going to be able to apply those to your marketing. It's going to make writing your website super, super easy. Because so often I find that we uh, we find it difficult to write about ourselves, right? It's just it feels like we are bragging, we are going on and on and on. But actually, it's not about ourselves. It's about the customer. And if we use their words, then immediately we take the pressure off of ourselves because it's them talking, not us, about ourselves, right? Absolutely. But then coming back to your point about, about design and simplicity, lots of, lots of great advice that I also should take on, uh, take on board as I was listening to you. I'm like, okay, yes, a slider. Uh, maybe, maybe we should cut back on that because I feel that uh, we can get, and it's quite overwhelming as well. So, I mean, simplify, simplify, simplify. No need, no need necessarily for a fancy slider. It's not about the fanciness. It's more about the simplicity and helping the potential client to actually find the information that they are there for. It doesn't have to be overly fancy. So I love this message of yours. It's time. Yeah, I think fancy can be fine it, it can it, and it might even help depending on your brand but i but i, I don't think that uh, what you want to watch out for is fancy at the expense of of a clear of clarity love it love it very very good point uh, now to wrap it up, Connor, I can't believe that time has gone so fast. But if you can, I mean, you've given us plenty of advice already. 
uh, this was full of words of wisdom, but if you could give us like one, just one piece of marketing advice for us language professionals listening, what would it be? Hmm. Um, yeah, good question. Um, I would say that over time you want to, you want to try to make sure you build a list of people that you can contact via email outside of your social media. Today, we've talked a little bit about social media and uh, the value of having a website. And I think that a, a kind of a piece of advice that goes hand in hand with that, that is relevant is that uh, your social media platforms are great, but you do not own them and you can't control them and you can't control how well you or how effectively you can reach out to people via those platforms. Uh, if you have an Instagram page, you can't guarantee that everybody who follows you is going to see the things that you post. However, if, and it takes more time and it takes some more effort, but over time, if you've built up a people of uh, a few hundred or a few thousand, even on an email list, you can reach out to them anytime you want. And not with only marketing messages or only sales messages, but it can help you stay in front of them in a way that is a little bit more personal and in a way that you control that isn't at the whim of an algorithm that you don't necessarily understand. So that would be the, the key. I think that it's a piece of advice that, uh, that I hear a lot, uh, but I, I think that, and I think a lot of people probably know intuitively that they should have some kind of email list, but they don't really know. Uh, they haven't done it or they haven't gotten started. They don't know how. And the simplest way to do that is whether or not you have a lot of traffic on your website, it's just to create something of value that you can give to people in exchange um, to get them to give you your email list. So this can be a simple PDF or a YouTube video or not YouTube video, but a, a video series, something educational and helpful that you can give to people for free in exchange for their email um, and tie it in with, uh, your, with your email provider and it'll deliver it to them for free and then they'll be on your email list. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for all this wisdom that you that you shared with us, Connor. And, uh, and thank you for joining me today. And we will make sure to include Connor's uh, links in the podcast notes. His uh, language business is called Using Languages, right? Using Languages. That's right. Um, and we will make sure to include all these links in the podcast notes so you can check him out and follow his work. And I really hope that this conversation was useful. Again, my name is Gabriela Ferenzi. And if you want to get more bite-sized, easy to digest episodes on practical modern online marketing, then make sure to subscribe and, uh, and follow this podcast. And for more resources, you might want to visit gabrielaferenci.com forward slash thrive online, which is where I share even more. So all these links will be available in the podcast notes. Connor, thank you very much again for your time and for joining me. Thanks um, so much for having me, Gabriela. This was really fun. And to our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And for those of you who are following the channel on YouTube, thank you so much for watching and we will see you next time. Take care and goodbye now.